0: Listening to the Extra Point Show covering national sports stories with a little Baltimore BIOS. In sports,
1: extra is always better.
0: Hey, welcome in everybody to an episode of the Extra Point Show. I'm your host Basilios and JD. Hashtag Jordan is sitting. Right across from me. What's going on today, buddy? Ah, uh,
1: nothing much. Just hanging out and get ready to get started on today's show.
0: Yeah, man. I'm still waking up, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got. It's a pretty chilly Thursday afternoon, yep. so we're we're gonna enjoy our time in the warm confines of the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's start off today. Before we get to Raven stuff, I wanted to cover. A little bit of Maryland Terrapins football. They just hired, a couple of days ago, the the new head coach for their team, and it is going to be Michael Loxley, who, if people are familiar with him, you should be. He was the Terps interim head coach for, for a minute. He was also an assistant coach. He had two stints in College Park, and he just finished a, if I'm not mistaken, a two-year stint in Alabama as their offensive coordinator.
1: yes. So he's essentially going to be there um, through what everybody is probably assuming Alabama is going to make it to the national championship. Um, after that, he's going to take over take over for Matt Canada, who was their interim head coach, and uh, he's going to try. He's going to take over a program that was pretty much rocked by scandal after the death of Jordan McNair. So right. it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes about. Um, how he goes about doing it, but if he can bring the same sort of result that he did for uh, Alabama, I mean, you look at Tua Tagalovea um, and and Jalen Hurts, um, those were two top qu- uh, quarterbacks for Alabama, and, you know, you look at what they did, if he can at least bring some modicum of that to um, to Maryland, that's going to be, that's, a lot of people at College Park are going to be really happy. I would agree, and
0: so from what I've heard thus far is that is that Loxley is going to uh, have actually a lot of Alabama recruits or signees from the area
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of flip-flop and head to Maryland is what I heard, so he has confidence in that, uh, that a lot of those guys were, were going there because of Loxley, and Loxley himself is a, is known as a masterful recruiter. Yes. Uh, a couple of players that, that he's credited with recruiting for the Maryland Terrapins over the last decade,
1: Vernon Davis and Stefan Diggs. Yes, who are ty- I mean Stefan Diggs, you look at what he's doing. Uh, look at what he's doing for Minnesota. Um, and you know Davis as well is a very, very good tight end for the Washington Redskins. And I' had a
0: very good career as a 49ers uh, tight end for a long yeah. time. So I, I would I would assume that that everything would work out from that point, but a uh, thing that a lot of people are worried about is that he comes with his own set of baggage. Yes. And for me, I think it makes him the perfect guy to kind of take Maryland through what it's going through right now because right. he has just gotten over a lot of things, and he is just going to have to kind of do the same thing for... This football program, and when I say when I say that, I mean in Al- or in New Mexico, yeah. he one of his players got charged with a DWI. Yes, and it was a car registered in Loxley's name. And what's funny is now this is it's not a joking matter. I do not advise drunk driving at all. Right, that is a terrible idea, and it is you you're putting yourself and others at risk. But right. With that, he got out of the car when he was pulled over, and he said, "I'm driving coach's car."
1: Why would you, Jesus?
0: And so, I just thought that was a little bit humorous, but <laughs>
1: I mean, it, it, and I mean, it's not even it's not only that. I mean, just you could take away, you could take that away. Um, he also had a suspension for punching one of his coaches in right. Mexico, and he was sued for sexual harassment. Um, which, again, that's that's just baggage in and it of itself. But you can take that away if you just look at his record. He was 1-15 in 15 in three seasons. No, yeah, I know. For New Mexico. I mean, so, I mean, if people are going... It's, he's not bouncing out at you as saying, like, oh, he's a very good head coach. You could say he's a good offensive coordinator, but head coach, after... I mean, if you're looking at just New Mexico, then that's not something... New Mexico and... I don't think
0: he had as much talent in New Mexico as he
1: would have in Maryland. Probably not, and I mean if you're if you're just going off Maryland too, he was one in five. Right. So I mean it's going to be really interesting to see how he shapes and molds the Maryland football program to make it respectable, um, because I think Matt Canada did a wonderful job with what he had and with everything that was behind. I would love to see Maryland. them retain Matt Canada. I think they should. I think if anything, Matt Canada showed how to become how to be poised. And how, to be, and how to be a professional in a very unprofessional environment.
0: I would agree. that He, he was the definition of class this season. Yes. And uh, we thank Matt Canada for what he did for the Maryland Ter- Terrapins football program. Yes. Now, one thing I did want to mention is that Loxley will have a plethora of quarterbacks to choose from between Tyro Pigroom, Kasim Hill, uh, and then you also have Max Bortenschlager coming back, I believe, and from what I also heard, rumors that because Jalen Hurts still wants to play, and to Otagevaloa is going to obviously remain the starter. Right. Jalen Hurts
1: may want to transfer to Maryland, which I mean, I'm not gonna say it's a. I feel like it's a step down from Alabama, from going from Alabama, which yeah. is essentially like God tier in. But college you're football.
0: following the offensive coordinator exactly. threw, for the last couple of years. Has not only made you great, but yeah.
1: your your teammate who overtook you, right. as Well, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting to see how he. It's gonna be very interesting to see uh, how Loxley goes about the entire process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I think myself, I'm going to be really paying attention to how he's going to go through about the whole recruiting process. Um, how the season plays out. I mean, because you're, a, I'm not saying you're, you know, you're asking him to save Maryland, but you're basically saying, this is what you did at Alabama. Take us so to the promised land. Yeah, take <laughs> us to the promised land. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how he goes about the whole recruiting process, um, how he goes about um, g- trying to get through over this scandal, because Maryland's going to be tainted. For, I'm not going to say forever, but it's going to be tainted for a long time after what happened with Jordan McNair. And there's going to be an even bigger microscope on them if, you know, say something else happens where they're going to talk about the culture or something around those lines. So if he cleans house or not, um, if he keeps, you know, Matt Canada or any other players, um, players from Maryland, uh, from Alabama... um, come and things like that, it's going to be very interesting to see how he goes about that entire process. I would agree. And
0: so with that now, we can move on to our Ravens discussion. And so we're going to, well, how about this? The Ravens kicked ass last week in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's not the last time they'll go to Atlanta this season. Yes. And they held Matt Ryan to, I believe, 80 yards in the first half yes it was it was a pretty exceptional
1: that was a very uh, good defensive performance. yeah it was a very
0: good defensive performance and this this is the first time we've seen this defense really show up in a in quite a few weeks yes and my thing is i i want i want to be a, do, a believer in this defense i do and I, I i don't I don't know if if I can right now, though, just because this defense has shown us at times to be completely inept and unable to stop good quarterbacks. Yes. And I'm not saying Matt Ryan is not a good quarterback, but it seems like the 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 Ravens offense last week was able to keep time of possession enough to make their to keep their defense healthy so they can capitalize on the mistakes. Of Matt Ryan, Tevin Coleman, and Julio Jones. Yeah. Julio Jones was completely out of character last weekend. By the way, he dropped quite a few, a, a couple of passes. Yes. And Austin Hooper was not the factor that we thought he would be. They started yes. off in the game, but he he did not
1: follow. He was kind of absent the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, as a total, I mean, Matt Ryan just throughout the entire game, he just looked. He looked. He did not look what he was supposed to. He looked very... He looked like a shell of himself. Um, He only had uh, 134 yards total. So, um, that's not the sort of Matt Ryan performance that I think a lot of people were expecting. Um, It was very... I will say that defensively... Defensively, I think we could be a little bit better. Um... Our defense did come out. Jimmy Smith was, I have to say, he looked pretty good. Um, Jimmy Smith looked pretty good. I think Marlon Humphrey looked okay. Um, okay. Marlon Humphrey shut
0: down Julio Jones, my friend. But here, here's the thing. It, okay. Here's what I'll say about this. Marlon Humphrey is arguably the best defensive player on the Ravens roster right now. Over Terrell Suggs? I said, arguably, and Argu- okay. also watch your bottle.
1: Right over Terrell Suggs, uh, I mean, arguably yes. Okay, he has been their best defensive back. He's been their best defensive back.
0: Okay, and I mean Terrell Suggs is playing out of his mind right now at thirty six. And then I'm also I'm also talking about players that are, that are like, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say Ter- Terrell Suggs is obviously an impact player. Yes. But what I what I'm trying to say is that which one could you? At least maintain this level of play without. I think it's more likely you can maintain it with with
1: Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, than you can with Terrell Suggs. Yeah, yeah. or
0: maintain it with, without Suggs is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: and I think I I could you could even argue that you could use. You could you could you could, you could sustain Marlon Humphrey if if we put Marlon Humphrey, on, you know the top. Wide receivers. So you're talking Julio Jones. You're talking Odell Beckham. Uh, you're talking um, A.J. Green, which you know, it sucks that he's uh injured. Um, but I mean, if you put him on the top wide receivers in the game, I think that Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey is going to have a better chance at shutting them down than say um, Tavon Young or uh, Jimmy Smith. Or um, any of the other cornerbacks that we have, because we have a crap ton, um, or even or even just anybody in our defensive backfield. Um, but I do think I do think if we don't go far in the playoffs, then we're going to have to. I'm not say clean house, but we're really going to have to look at revamping our defense. I would because agree. because Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith should have been gone. I thought a long time ago. Um, I think that we could possibly get somebody. We could get, we could get good enough draft picks or players for those like Anthony Levine, who has been pretty pretty good this year. Um, we could get a lot of different. We could get a lot of different draft picks and players if we start giving up some of our defense because our defense is a whole lot older. All right. And I feel like we should. We we really need to. We really need to get younger, because if we're having you know, Eric Weddle is the former shell of himself that he used to be in San Diego. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Smith just oft injured. You have uh, Brandon Carr, who I think is an okay cornerback. I don't think they're going to bring him back after this season. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, I think we really need to try and revamp our defense and make it form- like more formidable than it actually is this season. Because our defense is very good. It's just it could be a whole lot better if we try and get a little bit younger. See, on paper it looks it looks just fine, but it doesn't really. It doesn't really
0: pass the eye test, right?
1: When you look at it in games,
0: it's Uh, not. It's it's they play a a very a very solid bend don't break defense, and they don't really for the last while. If they force turnovers, they're fine. But for the prior prior to these past two games. They hadn't forced a turnover in in quite a while mm-hmm. so uh, I'm just looking for this team especially against this opponent we got coming up and we'll talk about this in a second right uh, but uh, they had Tavon young had a defensive touchdown last week and yes. uh, he was a f- fumble recovery for a touchdown and uh, the they looked they looked very good and Lamar Jackson kind of took a step back in this in this past game as well but he, he, he had a couple of fumbles mm-hmm and uh, you got to look for him to to kind of clean up those things if the Ravens stand a chance of winning their next game. And uh, if, if obviously people know by now, I shouldn't keep like covering it up, but right. they play the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, and we talked about, we alluded to this like two weeks ago.
1: Arrowhead is a very very tough place to play. It is deafening there. Mm-hmm. You have one of the hottest offensive offenses in the league. The hottest offense. The they hottest. Average-
0: they average thirty-seven points per game, which is the
1: highest of any total. I mean, you look, uh, and you you look. You have uh, Travis Kelsey, you have Tyreek Hill, you have uh, a whole bunch of you have a whole bunch of weapons that Patrick Mahomes has to his advantage. And it's not. It's one thing when you when you're facing teams like the like the Cincinnati Bengals. There's one player that you have to shut down, right? Right. They're like when you face the Bengals, just one player you have to shut down. That's AJ Green. Well, he's it, shut down for the season now, just in case. Right? No, I know. But like, okay. Also, <laughs> also with like with Pittsburgh now that they didn't have now that they don't have Le'Veon Bell. I mean, for the most part, what you had to do was shut down uh, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith Schuster. He can ball. He can, but it was a whole. It's a whole lot easier. It was a whole lot easier containing him than it was Antonio Brown. Right. Like if you look at. Okay. When you look at um, when you look at Cleveland, like who, like other than um, other than their, I can't even think of their wide receiver, Jarvis Landry. There we go. Other than Jarvis Landry, like that's the old, that's the main person you have to shut down. Do you want to know what's funny
0: about about the Browns wide receiving situation? I just wanted to throw this in. Go though. ahead. Rashard Higgins has outplayed Jarvis Landry
1: this season. Now you're going to ask me who the hell is Rashad Higgins. I don't even know who that is, to be perfectly honest (laughs) I I couldn't even... I would have to look him up. I couldn't even tell you right now. (laughs) But, like, what I'm saying is, like, in our division, there are certain players that you just have to shut down. Like, there's one player that you have to shut down. You can let anybody else get, you know, their yards or their touches. Like, But there's one player you have to shut down. Um, With Kansas City, you essentially have to... If it's not Tyreek Hill... It's gonna be Travis Kelsey. If it's not Travis Kelsey, it's gonna be any one of their other wide receivers. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Wat like Sammy Watkins. They're loaded. Like you there there's three or four guys on that team that you have to shut down. Dude, even even Chris Conley is a guy that you have to worry about. He's he's got an immense
0: size and great speed. He's one of those guys that can that can just escape the defense's notice and uh, the one th- I'll say the one thing that the Ravens don't have to worry about this week mm-hmm. is Kareem Hunt, and we did not yes. have a chance to talk about that last week. Right. And so I, I, I'm just I'm wondering what's going to happen now, because not only... I mean, Spencer Ware is a solid backup, mm-hmm. I, will,
1: I will say. And they got... Uh, Charkandrick West. Charkandrick West. Char-Candric West. They who, just who, had a, who had a
0: stint with them for a while, and I know the Ravens did a tryout with Charkandrick West yes. a few weeks ago. And so I, th- I think this team, this team is. I don't know if they're going to necessarily take a step back. I think they're going to have to do some things differently because it's not Kareem Hunt in the backfield there. And Kareem Hunt, if I'm not mistaken, has over a thousand all-purpose yards for the season. Yes. I I want to I want to say. I want to say this this offense is still potent enough to give the Ravens headaches. Yes. And. The speed they have at the wide receiver position between Watkins and Tyreek Hill Tyree Kill and Chris Conley, and then you have the, one of the, the, if not the best tight end in the NFL this year, mm-hmm. in Travis Kelsey, the The Ravens are going to have their hands full. And if they try to just stack guys over the middle to make it harder for Kelsey, I guarantee you, because the, the, the Ravens don't have any speed at the defensive back position. They really don't. So Tyreek Hill is just going to be waiting... Behind uh, Tony Jefferson or Chuck Clark, whoever's gonna be playing Tony uh, Jefferson, or, Tony or Clark, Eric Weddle,
1: somebody, he's gonna be waiting right behind them, and it's it's
0: going to be absolutely ridiculous. And I I for one am not I'm I'm very worried about what Tyreek Hill is going to do. It, it's 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 tough, man. The guy can run, and Patrick Mahomes can
1: throw. It's just and he can escape. He can he can when I say he can throw, I mean. He can, he can throw. throw. He can throw. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be very, very difficult for our defense. I mean, it, it's one thing, and 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 again, it for those of you who who don't know what it's like playing at Arrowhead Stadium, when I say it's deafening, it's deafening. It's hard to hear. It's hard to hear your own thoughts at Arrowhead sometimes. Like it's very. I, I went like two two years ago. I went to um, I had to, I went to Kansas City to uh, I went with Kansas City uh, to Kansas City with my dad um, while he was there for work and we went to one of the games and it was just I could not hear myself think because they were going insane and I never I never realized how deafening Kansas City was until you until I went to a game until I went to a game right and. I mean you're talking about you're you're, put, you're essentially putting a rookie quarterback in that environment because we still don't know if Joe Flacco is going to be healthy. Right. And I mean he did he did run-throughs. I don't know I I think they said he did run-throughs. He wasn't in full pads, but they said he did a, he did a run-through at the day's practice. Um but if he's not healthy, which I don't think he's going to be 100% healthy, Lamar Jackson is going to start. And I don't know if Lamar is going to be able to handle all of that. Probably, Probably think, not. I don't. It's going to be very, very... If he does, then I commend the young man. I do. But if he... It's going to be very, very difficult to handle that amount of noise. And that just... It's going to be hard for him to call plays. It's going to be hard for people to listen. It's going to be very, very difficult if Lamar Jackson starts. I would Completely agree, and
0: my thing is, I'm looking at the, the the stats for the Chiefs right now, and for as bad as their defense has been, their pass defense is is atrocious. Right. Their run defense is maybe a, just a a few places better. I believe they're twenty second in in rush defense, and they are thirty second in pass defense. So ten spaces better, and then but here's the here's the kicker though, mm-hmm. they're first in the league in sacks, and thank god it's it, it, if it, well if they start Lamar Jackson that is going to be they'll maybe neutralize that a little bit because Lamar Jackson has that escape ability and right. if it was Joe Flacco Joe Flacco would be on
1: his back for the entire game. Yes. And and that's just going to add even more pressure on his hip.
0: And I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the players who who led who lead the team in sacks and you got D Ford who's finally showing at 27 years old, what they wanted him to do from the time they drafted him, mm-hmm. and then they have Chris Jones, that big friggin' defensive end at 24 years old with 10. Dude, dude's like a defensive tackle, I and mean, I don't know how a man that big can get into the backfield. But right. uh, Al- Alan Bailey with six and a half, they have uh, several uh, cornerbacks or defensive backs with with uh, several sacks themselves, and Justin Houston. Uh, still not completely useless this season has four sacks himself, so this this is a team that that can get pressure on the quarterback right. when they need to, and it for the most part has worked in their favor for as bad as their defense has been. Now, what what worries me now is that the Ravens' offensive line is still gelling. I think I don't really th- I feel like they found their identity, but they have not played a a team that can, since Lamar has started after the bye, they have not played a team that can stack on points like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. And so this is going to be a whole new test because, sure, you can you can start off the game with... I guarantee if the, if the Chiefs start off the game with the ball and they score on that first possession, that is going to be a weird turn of events for the Baltimore Ravens because I don't think Lamar Jackson has what it takes yet to play from behind right. and try to put his team ahead. Now, I understand that half of that re- is relying on the Baltimore Ravens' defense.
1: Yes. But, again, our defense is... Again, like you said before, it's it passes in terms of looking at stats, but when you look at the eye test and you watch the games, there are points and times where our defense just... There, there are holes and there is lacking. And... You can't have that against a high powered offense. I mean, you saw what you saw you saw what happened against New Orleans. I did. Uh, and and New Orleans, again, another high powered offense. They slowed him down a little bit. They They only got twenty one points, but even there were there were points in times where Drew Brees was just picking them apart. And I feel they went
0: for it on fourth down seemingly every time. Yes.
1: And I feel that Patrick Mahomes could do the same exact thing. He could he has the I'm not
0: worried about Patrick Mahomes picking the Ravens defense apart. I'm worried about the Ravens defense just getting beaten outright because right. because of the the threat of everything on that defense or on the, on that offense. It's going to be ridiculous to see how who's going to be on Tyreek if they're going to put if they're going to put say Marlon Humphrey on either Tyreek or if they're going to put him on Sammy Watkins or who are they going to put on on yeah. either of those guys because it's
1: it's a mismatch. Right. Tyreek Hill is a mismatch for everybody in the NFL. For any any and everybody, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting um, because uh, it's it's gonna be real interesting to see who plays. It really does, and as you mentioned, Sammy Watkins, he was held out. Um, he was uh, in limited practice right. um, with his uh, with his injury, so it's gonna be very interesting to see if he plays. Um, so, I mean, even still if you don't have Sammy Watkins, you have I mean, who are you putting on who are you putting on Tyreek Hill? Who? Like it's no, good. who you could take one of the best cornerbacks in the in the game and put him on Tyreek Hill and it's still going to be a mismatch. Dude, I remember watching the the game against the New England Patriots from
0: a, a couple of months ago. And Mahomes escapes and just delivers a dart to Tyreek. Tyreek has two defenders right next to him and he's kind of like boxed in against the sideline. He doesn't move and he out sprints these defensive backs who had leverage on him in terms of in terms of tackling and he just outruns them straight to the end zone. There's no stopping Tyreek Hill. There's only slowing him down. Now it, it's it, when I'd say slowing him down versus going off that's the difference between 150 yards and a touchdown, or and two touchdowns, or 100 yards and one touchdown. Yes. There, there's no way the Ravens keep Tyreek Hill from going over 100 in this game.
1: Yes, very much so. And it's, I mean, and, and as we look at. Quote me on that. It's true. And as you look at, if you look at some of the players who didn't practice, if you look at our injuries, Tony Jefferson didn't practice, Marlon Humphrey didn't practice. Uh, Eric Weddle didn't practice. Tavon Young didn't practice. Yep. So you have, let's see, one. There was a lot of injuries th- in the NFL last no, week. No, I know. Sort of you, so out. you have two our two top safeties, who didn't practice. You have two of our two of our very young and our top cornerbacks who didn't practice. Right. So it's going to be very interesting whether or not they didn't, uh, whether or not they are, are going to practice, or whether or not they're even going to play, and you know just. So I mean, let's just say hypothetically, Marlon Humphrey and Tavon Young don't play, and right. Eric Weddle and Tony Jefferson don't play. Are you gonna put Jimmy Smith on Tyreek Hill? No. <laughs> Are you like? Do you do, you do you trust your do you trust the defense enough to hold to put Jimmy Smith on Tyreek Hill? Because I don't. I I don't know. Not even remotely close. I don't know if I do. It's it's. Super
0: difficult to to even fathom what what is going to happen on Sunday. Like it's and you can There's no there's no predicting it. There there yeah. there's just no predicting it whatsoever. I mean, it can go both ways. The Ravens could have an excellent day. They could they got a, a perfect a perfect game where they control the clock, where they have where they have ten more possession minutes than they, than the Chiefs. Yeah. But here's the thing, and here's the stat that I, that I, that was dug up the other day and that was shared with me, is that the Patriots in that game, and I bring up that game again, the Patriots led that game in time of possession. Yeah. But the Chiefs still put on forty points. So
1: that's how potent their offense. That's how potent their they offense. They don't have exactly. to control. They don't have to control the clock. The clock. In order to, um, they don't have to control the clock in order to um, make point. In order to, you know. They haven't. They, there's no thing for it. Yeah, so, we're gonna
0: keep we're gonna keep talking Ravens for a second, and then we'll, uh, in just a moment, we will have Ken Zalis joining us to talk about fantasy football. So uh, we're gonna be going over all the injuries from last week, and mm-hmm. we we know that this week is essentially the first week for a lot of folks for playoffs. Yes. So we'll we'll get into that as well, and some sleepers you could add to your team. For those of you that have buys, good for you. For those of you that don't, we're gonna do what we can to get you ready. For, yes. for this fantasy week anyway so I I think no matter how much the Ravens can control the clock between Lamar Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon mm-hmm. it's it's going to be the the defense has to pitch a perfect game yes like they have to it uh, now when I say the defense has to pitch a perfect game against Kansas City I mean they had the the key here is to keep Kansas City to Twenty-one or
1: under. Are you talking first half or just the entire game? I'm talking the entire game. I think
0: that <laughs> it, I I don't I don't know if if the because
1: they could easily Kansas City could easily score twenty-one in the first quarter if they wanted to.
0: No, I know, but I'm saying the I feel like the the, the Baltimore Ravens offense in Arrowhead is going to be stymied by the noise. And yes. and it's going to be Lamar Jackson's second road game of his career, and we saw. He didn't perform that well against a bad Atlanta defense last week. No,
1: but he did. He did. I mean, he had, what, two fumbles, and they were. And he missed John Brown twice when he was wide open.
0: So I understand that they're going against the 32nd-ranked pass defense. But I'm I'm worried because, and I'm trying to give him a lot of cushion, too. The defense has to get to work to give Lamar the. Ample chances that he needs to keep up with the Kansas City offense. Yes. And it's going to be up to him, Gus Edwards, and Kenneth Dixon, to put up those points. He has to make the throws. Mechanically, last week he was not that great. So if he can get set and throw the ball like we know he can throw the ball, mm-hmm. then he will be better off. And I think I think that both teams are going it's it's going to be a hell of a game. And quite an explosive game because both defenses can can be abused in a sense.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm just I think the the Ravens are gonna lose this one. It's gonna be hard. I'm gonna say 30, 35 to to twenty one. Yeah, Two-score I think.
1: Games. Um, they and going off that they going off what you said having to hold them underneath twenty one points. They since 2016 I look, just found this out since 2016 they're 0 and 12 when allowing 27 points or more they're 0 12 they're 0 and 12 jesus since since 2016 if they have allowed more than 27 points they're 0 and 12 we've given up more we've given up tw- more than 27 po- uh, more than 26 points twice this season wow so it's i get we have a stout defense but I I get we have a stout defense. But if you look at some of the, I'm not even gonna. I don't think we've really faced an offense this season as potent. I think. No, we granted, have not. Granted, you could say you could possibly say the the New Orleans Saints. You could, you could say the New Orleans yeah, Saints. Yeah, really Orleans, before they hit their stride. Exactly. And you we could, saw them get shut down by the Cowboys last week. Yes. So you could say you could say possibly the New Orleans Saints. But outside of that there's really i mean maybe carolina maybe but carolina has been like slacking very recently so you could say maybe carolina you could say new orleans but outside of that we really, they, we really haven't had uh, we really haven't faced an offense like this no we have not no so it's going to be very interesting if and i do agree with you and just based off history we have to hold if we have to hold them underneath 27 like 21 points if we can hold them underneath that 21 points or below i will be 21 points i would be ecstatic i would be too because that means that means the defense can at least we can keep up right and that and, and it goes back to the bend not break that you said earlier that's i mean if if we're able to hold them underneath 21 points and we're able to at least put them on their heels for the most part and we're able to pressure Patrick Mahomes and we're able to get after them, I think we have a very good chance of winning. It's just our defense has to hold enough that we can allow Lamar Jackson to do what he is able to do to the best of his abilities. And we have to, our offensive line as well, because, I mean, you have those like Marshall Yanda, Yanda, Alex Lewis, they they have to hold the line. They really do, because if you're going to continue to have Lamar Jackson on the run it, it, pretty much every single play, if you're going to make him just try to get out of the pocket because you can't defend him, it's going to cause more mistakes, and it's going to it's going to cause more mistakes for the Ravens' offense. It's going to put the defense out a whole lot longer than they should without right. getting a breather, and it's just it's not going to be a good day. I, I, I do agree with you. I think that Kansas City is going to have, uh, is going to win. I can't see Baltimore winning unless we have like a very, unless we hold them to under 20, 21 points. It's going to be a very, very difficult game. Um, I have Kansas City winning. Um, I have Kansas City winning 28 to 14. All right. I don't have it being as potent, um, but I still think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a day.
0: No, I think
1: I, I wanted to just uh, hit on something. I want to go down the
0: beltway before uh, before we went on to our fan, to our prediction segment. Uh, we can uh, so Alex Smith, the Redskins quarterback, still recovering from multiple surgeries, according to Diana Rossini of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterback's dealing with an infection from complications, told by sources. This is serious, uh, and it's a career-threatening injury. So this, if if. It is not resolved. It seems like it could be the end of the line for Alex Smith in the NFL, uh, which would be a shame because he's such a, he's such
1: a good dude and he's, he's a quality, quality quarterback. Yeah, and it's it's just that's a sock in the stomach for the Washington Redskins. I mean, you had Alex Smith go down, and then you relied on Colt McCoy, and he went down with the same injury and the same leg, and now you're relying on Mark Sanchez, and and um, Josh Jackson, who you got from Tampa Bay, um, and the only reason why you got Josh Jackson is because uh, he was with he was with Gr- uh, Gruden. I don't know how long ago, but Gruden knows uh, he knows Gruden's system, so it's gonna it's it's a shot in the stomach for the Redskins, especially how good they looked at the beginning of the season. Granted, it was a weak division, but Alex Smith really did make them look like they could make the playoffs and win the division, and it's kind of you're rooting for Alex Smith to hopefully return, and you never want anything like that to happen to anybody. So, um, you know, I really hope he does pull through, and I hope he continues to play in the National Football League. I would agree. And so
0: I wanted to just let's let's hit our prediction segment.
1: Okay. No one can ever be 100% right, but we're going to try anyway. Here are this week's predictions.
0: All right, we're just going to hit our predictions while we wait for Ken to get in here to help us talk about fantasy football. Now, my three matchups for this week, I'm just going to lay them straight out for you, and then I'll break them. I'll just give like a one-liner for each one. Got it. The ones that I, I wanna, I'm curious about this week, Indianapolis and Houston. Yes. Uh, let's see what else. Miami against New England.
1: That's an interesting one.
0: All of these have wild card implications, right? right? Yeah. So, and then of course, you want to see Oakland hosting Pittsburgh. Yes. Now, uh, low on time. Uh, so, Oakland hosting Pittsburgh, that is going to be quite the matchup because Pittsburgh is without James Conner right now. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, they're having Jalen Samuels as their starting running back, and Stephen Ridley is going to have, or is going to split time. Stephen Ridley has not carried the ball in, I want to say, more than a month. And it's going, If for, for this Steelers team that kind of laid an egg in the second half of last week's game against the L.A. Chargers, they're going to have to bounce back big time. And this is also a Raiders team that put 33 points up on the... On the Chiefs last week. Yes. So we know Derek Carr can at least sling the ball as well as Ben Roethlisberger right now. Yes. So I think I want to say this this team this Raiders team has a chance to win. Jalen Rashard is good. They just signed CJ Anderson the former Broncos running back. So uh, it would not surprise me to see him get a few snaps. Jalen Rashard is going to be good. Uh, Antonio Brown is probably going to have a big day, but I feel like this is going to end up being a shootout between two teams that are not... Are, are, I think Oakland is a little bit better than their record says, and I feel like Pittsburgh is a little worse
1: than their record says. Yes, Pittsburgh has not... And we discussed this last week. Pittsburgh's... If you look at Pittsburgh's wins, they're not like the cleanest sort of wins. A no, lot of the wins that they got were very, very they're very very dirty wins. Um and it's it's going to be interesting to see how Pittsburgh responds. Um because I mean you that was a that was a really I mean the LA Chargers loss, that was really bad. I mean three straight offsides. Um that that's I don't it's going to be difficult it's going to be weird to see how they respond after uh, back-to-back losses. But I mean Pittsburgh really has it Pittsburgh really hasn't had sort of convincing wins. Um, the only convincing win that I could even say would probably be Carolina when they, when they completely wallowed Carolina 52 to 21 outside of that. I mean, you had a very scrappy win against Jacksonville who Jacksonville, nobody thought was good. Jacksonville looked like world beaters when they faced them. Um, you had like a you had a win against Atlanta, which was like a very very blowout win. But even still, um, it's Atlanta. So I mean, you have wins against you have you know scrappy wins against us. You have scrappy wins against Cleveland. So I don't, I don't see. I I want to see how Cleveland responds. And I think that Oakland Oakland is playing with house money. They have nothing else left to lose. So Oakland's gonna. I mean, Oakland's gonna try and play their hearts out, but it's going to be interesting to see how Pittsburgh responds.
0: And this game has implications because if Pittsburgh loses to to Oakland mm-hmm. and the Ravens maybe beat Kansas City somehow and say any of the other depending on the other games, we want the Colts to lose and we want the Dolphins yes. to lose because they're in the the midst of the wild card chase. As well, they're only a game behind the Baltimore Ravens in the mm-hmm. chase. So, if Pittsburgh loses and the Ravens beat Kansas City, that is that is stealing a game stealing a game against Kansas City that would give them a huge edge over Pittsburgh who if you remember in week 2 had Patrick Mahomes toss two tu- or sorry not two touchdowns six touchdowns against their defense. Yes. And would immediately make the it would make the Steelers 7-5 and 1 and the Ravens would be 8 and 6. The
1: Ravens would be first in the division yeah. after this week. That tie week one was that that's that's haunting them right now. That is. That tie against Pittsburgh is haunting them right now. I mean Cleveland. Um yeah, I have to agree with you. And it's gonna it's again, it's gonna be really interesting to see. I mean, and Pittsburgh doesn't have Pittsburgh doesn't have that much easier easier of a schedule after Oakland. I mean, you have you have you're facing New Orleans, uh you're facing New England and then New Orleans back to back. So it's going to be very interesting to see. If they can win this game, it's going to be very interesting to see the next three. Um, but I do have to agree with you. That one has playoff implications. My game, uh, for obvious reasons, as well, would be the Colts at the Texans. Um, Texans are coming off uh, uh, just an absolute, um, like they're on a torrid streak right now. Right. Um, nine nine straight, I believe, nine or ten straight. Um, nine straight. Nine straight uh, after starting the season uh, 0-3 uh Deshaun Watson has looked absolutely amazing. Um, Bill O'Brien is coaching his ass off, I do think. Um and it's it's going to be very interesting to see, but also you're facing you're facing Andrew Luck. Um Frank Reich has become uh probably in my in my Eyes Frank Wright could easily become, could possibly become Coach of the Year. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not I mean, be surprised. I mean, you're looking at, you know, Sean Payton, obviously. You're looking at Andy Reid, obviously. But outside of that. And you also have two Comeback Player of the Year candidates in this game. game. Yes, Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson. So, and Andrew Luck has been, I didn't. I don't think anybody really saw Andrew Luck performing the way he has been performing this season. Really? I really don't. Um, the way he's been throwing the football um, he's right be- I think he's right behind um, Patrick Mahomes for the amount of, for total touchdowns this year I believe so um don't don't quote me on that um I'll quote you on to find the stat <laughs> <laughs> um let's see what Andrew luck has that was um, very melodical nice yes Andrew luck has 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions and after coming off, uh, the the whole thing with his shoulder, um, and just he, I mean, he's completing sixty eight percent of his passes, and he, oh, throwing for over uh thirty three hundred yards, Andrew Luck could possibly become comeback player of the year, as well as Deshaun Watson. So it's gonna be very interesting to see. We all want the Colts. To, we all want the Colts to lose. Um, just because of playoff implications, but I, I'm I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing from Andrew Luck. Um, also, really pleased with what I'm seeing from Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney. Um, that's going to be a really really interesting game. It's going to be at Houston, so it's going to it's going to be very interesting to see um, whether or not uh, whether or not that's going to be uh, whether or not the Texans can pull out another win and extend their streak to ten. All right, and with that, I wanted to hit on the fantasy
0: football segment. We don't have Ken with us yet. He may join us. I'm not sure. He might be busy because I gave him, it was kind of short notice. Right. So uh, let's just get into it. Fantasy football segment.
1: For some, it's just fantasy football. But for us, it's as real as
0: it gets. Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. All right, so let's. Uh, so, as I mentioned before, it's the first week of the fantasy football playoffs for a lot of folks. And. Uh, we're doing, and for those who do buys, good for you. For those who don't, let's talk about how many injuries that there were last week. Jesus, God, We oh saw man. A.J. Green go down with an injury last week. He's done for the season. Yes. Greg Olson, done for the season. Colt McCoy, if anybody was in a deep league and they had Colt McCoy on their roster, done, done for, for the season. season. Now, it's just... It's it's so ridiculous, and I mean even even guys like Saquon Barkley made a visit to the tent last week. Mitchell Trubisky was a full participant in practice this week after after missing the last couple of games. I don't know if Carryon's coming back this week. Carryon is a guy on my team. Uh, Tom Brady's still in the injury report. Adrian Peterson uh, he must have gotten hurt after that ninety-yard touchdown run. Probably he needed <laughs> he needed oxygen uh, or something. Let Jesus. me tell you. Let me tell you something, JD. <laughs> He had this 90 yard touchdown run like the end of the first beginning of the second. Yes. I was like, oh man, I'm going I might actually have a chance to win because Adrian Peterson needed to give me thirty two points <laughs> so I could win and right. get the, and, and and snag a bye. Right. But no. <laughs> but no. Because Adrian Peterson did that. And finish the game with 15.80 points.
1: Half about what you need, so.
0: So I was like, man. And it gave me hope, because after that play, I was sitting... I was, I was at WBAL, just sitting in my chair, like, staring at the TV. <laughs> Where's Peterson? All I see is Chris Thompson. Where's Peterson? <laughs> anyway, uh, so, I mean, just, just, for, just for shits and giggles for this week, my team... It consists of Pat Mahomes, Carrion Johnson, Saquon Barkley, Corey Davis, DJ Moore, had to pick up Austin Hooper, and Gus Edwards at the flex. My bench is Tom Brady, Mitch Trubisky, Adrian Peterson, AJ Green, which I, I need to cut him. I can just see who else is available. Yeah. And Tyrell Williams. Mm. Now, I'm trying to figure out, I'm probably going to start Minnesota against Seattle this week. But there's also Colts against Houston, and Colts held Jacksonville to 6 last week. I don't know. It's The playoffs are, are a weird time. and My team is on a losing streak, and I'm facing a guy who just eked into the playoffs this week. 5-8 <laughs> and eight, this guy eked into the playoffs. Jesus. So, wow. I mean, there's only 10 of us in this league. So, hopefully I can win this week. I finished 3rd in the league. My team was projected to only have 2 wins this season. Mm. Finished with 8. Nice. So, players that I think could have an impact for a lot of folks this season. I'm thinking... Uh, maybe a, or for for this game at least, for this week, I want to say, especially because Emmanuel Sanders is out for the rest of the season with an injury now, so he's he's one of those guys so that Sutton is going to be
1: the number one wide right receiver for Denver. So certainly seems that way. Even know who else they have, that's going to be very interesting. Right, oh. and so got
0: yeah, Mike Williams for the Chargers. I think he can he can make an impact. I think if Gus Edwards is still available in your league that he can make an impact as well. But for right now, I mean, we, we are supposed to have Ken on with us, but we don't have him right now. So I will, we'll save that for next episode. Once we hit, uh, to the next round of the playoffs. But, uh, so why don't we just, we forgive the rest of this segment. We go straight to the NABRO segment. What's worthy of the guys NABRO this week. Let's find out. All right. So JD, you went first last week. I'll do the honors this week. So there, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up right now because it, it has been it has been just a, a phenomenon among among the Twitterverse <laughs> for the last couple of days, and so there was a, a Harvard
1: professor, a Harvard professor. This is this is again this is Ivy League this this is apparently like the best of the best the smartest of the smartest like this is you, your regular average Joe can't possibly get into these type of schools so this is like a Harvard professor right now so. right
0: so he said that you should only have six French fries per serving do you do you not see an issue with that J D six six.
1: I'm just trying to visualize the level of stupidity, like, you have to, here's the thing, he thought about this, probably researched it, and probably did experiments on it before he said this. That's the thing, like, it's not even the fact that he said it, it's the fact that he actually put in the effort and work to try and figure this out. I don't think he
0: actually did give her. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look for the actual the actual article right now, which I can only find the uh, the condescending tweets that came along with the with the article itself. So a lot of a lot of folks were replying to it saying. Um, so I had there's guys like Danny Woodhead that are like, well, I didn't go to Harvard, so it's none of my business. <laughs> And then you, you guys, Michael Campanero, that said 600, not 6. <laughs> I wouldn't do the 600. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's, it's it's so funny just to see everybody's reply on it. If you have a chance, please go see, go see all these replies, but... I mean, Harvard professor says you don't. You should only have six French fries. And I mean, there's everybody makes their French fries different. How can you? Like, how big are those fries? Are you just making a giant potato and calling it one? I mean, I I guess uh, I guess I it's one have. one potato per person, but that's for me. it's... nah, bro. I'm gonna have as many goddamn fries as I want. I'm a fat bastard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I like that one actually. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, mine's gonna. If, if you happen to see the video, if you, if you happen to look up the video, it is absolutely hilarious. Um, because I, I watched the video and this man is a trooper. Okay. So this is, this is a sports broadcaster on, uh, Korea's, uh, SPO TV. And his name is Jo Hyun Il, right? So he was discussing the NBA with his, uh, co-host. And in the middle of the, in the middle of the segment, his nose starts bleeding. Now, if your nose is bleeding or if your nose is running, you could do one of two things. You could either, A, you could step away, possibly get a tissue, or B, you can probably, you know, or, well, there's three options. Either A, you can get a tissue, B, you can just let it run and hopefully it doesn't go down, or C, you can, you know, snort it back up and be, you know, (laughs) disgusting on TV. So, which one do you think he did? Well, I'm going to tell you. Instead of rushing off and grabbing a handkerchief or grabbing a tissue or anything, he just let it go. He just let it, he let it flow. Just let it go. So, it's not, ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching the video, it's not just a regular nosebleed, okay? Like, I'm telling you, when it, look, it's just pouring down his nose, And it's just free-flowing. It looks like... And one of of the things... One of the Twitter mentions was... One of the Twitter mentions was that blood was streaming out of his nose to the point where it looked like he took a folding chair to the face like it was WWF. Like, not WWE, WWF. That's how far back we're throwing it. And even his co-hosts paused the broadcast to make sure that he was okay. But... I got to get Did it just start bleeding out of nowhere? Was yes, it like just the, like he didn't get, at it? he didn't get hit. No, he didn't get hit in the face. He didn't nothing happened. He didn't fall. Nothing. He was just sitting there and just boom. Just frantic nosebleed and, he, and he's just he was a trooper cuz he stood there. He finished the broadcast with just nose pouring like blood coming down his face, but nah, bro. I respect him and I admire his dedication to the job. Dude, you're on national TV. You gotta now, nah, bro. You gotta wipe your nose. Do so. Come on, man. That's not no. That's not the way we're doing this today. No, hey man. it gives it a whole new meaning to blood, sweat, and tears. That's for dedica- his job. That is dedication on so many different levels.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the extra point show for this week. Uh, thank you for everybody who tuned in. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure you leave us a, a review on SoundCloud. I, I had to take us off uh, iTunes for a little bit just to get everything in order with SoundCloud. I had to. Set up our payment plan again. But uh, once again, thank you. We'll be back next week with more content for you. And uh, go Ravens. Let's hope yes. they beat the Chiefs this week. Yes, sir. See everybody next week. Thanks for listening to The Extra Point yeah. Show. Tune in again next week
1: for more extra yeah. content. Well, you know how we do.